Well, thank you very much. Nice singing. Nice to be here with you. As uh, Brother Dave mentioned, like just a couple of weeks ago, we we planned this, and uh, for me, it's been 29 years since I was here. So, uh, but it's nice to see those who are still here and and faithful. It's really encouraging, and to meet uh, new ones, it's really encouraging. Uh, if you would, please, we will turn to uh, Hebrews. The epistle to the Hebrews, chapter 11, and we know that's the, uh, that's the chapter on faith, and uh, it's very encouraging to see all those that learn to have salvation by faith, and then they live by faith, and they got into the rewards by faith, they looking forward to that day when they will be in that place that the Lord has prepared for them. And you know, like we've been singing about ancient words, and they are ancients when we think of thousands of years since we've had the Bible. But they know it's speaking about people like you and I today. And uh, we'll talk about Abraham, and we think sometimes of Abraham, he was a great man, but he was just like us. And it's just, I remember a man saying one time that, there's no great man. It's just a small man in the hands of a great God. And that's what the Lord has called us to. So we'll read uh, in chapter 11 of Hebrews, we'll read verse 8, 10, 12, 17, and 19. Because we're just going to be looking at one man in this chapter. There's many men but uh, we'll, and women. And we'll look at one man here. It's Abraham. So let's read verse 8 to 10. By faith... Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God." Then we'll go to verse 12. Therefore sprang there even of one, that's Abraham, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. And then we'll go to verse uh, 17 and to 19. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall, all, shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. And this was Isaac that was offered up by Abraham on Mount Moriah by faith, but he didn't offer him up because the angel of the Lord stopped him and uh, then uh, um, a ram was offered in his stead. So the Lord will bless the reading of his precious word together this morning. And what I'd like to look at, there's four things here concerning Abraham, and these are steps in his life of faith, because we're talking about faith here. And uh, the first step in his life of faith was that he forsook all for God, forsook all that he had for God, and that's verse 8. And then he forsakes all to God, forsook all for God, but then in verse 9, he forsook all to God. 
uh, in that strange land that he went to. And then verse 10 to 12, we, f- we see that he finds all in God. And in verse 17 to 19, then he yields all to God. And this, uh, these are steps in Abraham's life that can be the same for us in our life. And uh, we'll look at that together. So first of all, he forsakes all for God. In verse 8, we read, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whether he went. You know, when we come to salvation, salvation is, is a call from God. God is calling us to repentance and he's calling us to faith in himself for our salvation. You know, there's a lot of people in this world, they, sometimes they don't even care about salvation. But there's people who do care about salvation and they would like to be saved. But they go to different places, they go to different things looking for salvation. And, uh, you know, there's... Uh, There's only one place really for salvation. And that one place is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not religion. It's not some uh, religious leader. But it's the Lord Jesus Christ, God himself, manifested in the flesh. God himself who loved us so much that he wanted to provide for us salvation because we are all sinners and we all come short of the glory of God. But God is interested in us. He created us and he loves us. And he didn't leave it to any organization or creatures in this world to save us from our sins. But he sent his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, God himself, who created the universe and created us in this universe. And he took upon himself to, to provide salvation for us so that we might be in heaven with him forever and ever. And he did that by... Coming in this world as the Lamb of God, he went to the cross of Calvary and there he shed his precious blood for us. And that can save us from our sins. When we repent, when we realize our sinful condition before God and we look to him for salvation, he reveals that wonderful plan. Christ dying on the cross for our sins, taking the punishment for our sins in our stead and offering to us Salvation. The Bible says that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing unto man their own sins, but he took our sins and he laid them on the Lord Jesus Christ and punished him for our sins. And to us, he gives us his righteousness. And that's why we, as we sang earlier, blessed assurance. And I remember singing that when Mr. Fox was here. And I remember he had a different way of ending that song. It was, it was beautiful. And uh, I, I can never do it, but uh, I remember him doing it. Blessed assurance. Who oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Blessed the assurance that we know that our sins have been forgiven and that nothing can separate us once we have trusted Christ as our Savior from the love of God. And this is for eternity. It's so wonderful. But we think of Abraham. You know, Abraham thinking of he forsook all for God. Well, because he found that God was better than anything else he had. And uh, that's what we see there. He left a place. Uh, you know, and for salvation, we have to leave something. We have to leave where we stand to be with God. So here he left and uh, he didn't know where he was going. 
And that's the life of faith. It's so wonderful, you know, like you leave what you are to be with God. And what is that going to be like? Well, it's a way that we've never known before. But it's going to be by faith. And by faith is trusting that he will lead us. And really, in that, he is leading us out of darkness and sin and leading us into his marvelous light. You know, I've been saved 35 years, and it's been so wonderful to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. I didn't know where I was going before. I didn't know what was going to happen with me. I knew I was a sinner, but I didn't know anything else. Like, there was no assurance. But when I left that, to be with the Lord Jesus Christ, to trust him, to trust the work he did on the cross of Calvary for me. You know, we think of Abraham, and Abraham lived a long time ago. But he was a man just like us. And his wife, Sarah, was a woman just like the woman here. And there was salvation. And Abraham, he forsook all that he had to go to a place that he didn't know. What did he forsake? Well, he forsook family, possessions, friends, uh, for a new life, which he didn't know. Well, it was a much better life. And we don't see that Abraham ever turned back. He stayed with the God who saved him from his sins. It's a new life. That's the life of faith. And that's wonderful, isn't it? We are saved by faith. To live by faith until faith will give place to sight. And no more will it be faith, but it will be sight, seeing the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior, the one who died for our sins on the cross of Calvary. So wonderful. But, uh, you know, it's the beginning. Salvation is the beginning of a new relationship with the Lord. So it is so wonderful. And when we read in Genesis about Abraham being called to go out of that place where he was, we read that it says, Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless you and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing And I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the fam- uh, all families of the earth be blessed. Well, it's quite a call, isn't it? And that's what it is, like the, the life of salvation. When we have salvation, it's a life of abundance. And Lord Jesus Christ says that he came that his sheep may have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. And that's what it was, the call to Abraham And what was it really, like when we think about that, the call of Abraham? Well, Abraham left what he was in himself in the land of the Chaldeans, as Stephen tells the Sanhedrin in Acts chapter 7, to go to that land that he didn't know, to go there. But really, it's just like, you know, two drops of water falling on a mountain, And there's a place in North America where they call the dividing of the waters. And one drop of water will fall on this mountain, and another drop of water will fall on that same mountain side by side. And they will take two different roads. And one will end up in the Pacific, and one will end up in the Atlantic. So far apart. And it's amazing, isn't it? We have the same thing at the cross. When the Lord Jesus Christ was on the cross of Calvary, there was two malefactors with him, one on one side and one on the other side, so close together. They were so close to the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet, one chose one road 
and the other one chose another road. One chose to repent of his sins and trust the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior, seeing that he had no faults and he was dying for somebody else, and that somebody else was him. He chose to trust the Savior, and he got saved. And the Lord Jesus Christ told him on that day, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And the other one chose to go, to, to remain in the same road that he was on. He was a malefactor. He was hanging on the cross for his sins, and he died in his sins and ended up in a place which will be called, which is called in the Bible, the lake of fire. You know, so close and yet going two different ways. And that's the way it is with salvation. You know, like we, we are lost in our sins, but when we see the Lord Jesus Christ, we can make that decision to trust him as our savior. And when we trust him as our savior, we'll be in such a different place that, you know, it's, it's amazing. But that's what uh, Abraham did. Like he forsook what he was in himself, a son of Adam, a sinner lost in his sins, to be what he would be in Christ, saved from his sins, having life eternal, a country. And really, like when we think about the country that he came to here on earth, well, that's not what he was looking for. He was looking, as we see in Hebrews, he was looking for a city whose builder and maker is God himself, and that's heaven. That's the new Jerusalem where the saints, those who have received the Savior, have trusted him as their Savior. That's where they will abide forever and ever. A wonderful place where the Lord Jesus Christ will be there in the presence of God. So it's so wonderful, you know. But then uh, it says there in uh, James that Abraham is known now as the friend of God. It says, And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed, or it was put to his account, it was imputed unto him for righteousness. He was not righteous, but his faith in God became to him righteousness. It was put into his account as righteousness, and, and he was called the friend of God. You know, think of the intimacy here of Abraham with uh, his friend. God became his friend. And he saved him from his sins and he abode with him until he would meet him in glory. But then we see the other step in, uh, in Abraham's life. Just like us when we get saved, you know, we think salvation is not the end. When we get saved from the penalty of our sins, we, we enter into a life that's going to be so wonderful with the Lord Jesus Christ on our way to heaven. But on that way to heaven, we see that in verse 9, Abraham forsakes all to God. You know, he's going to this land that was promised to him. And in that land, he forsakes everything to God. And that's what we see in verse 9. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country. Remember I told you, he was not looking for that land. He was looking for a city which builder and maker is God. But in that land... It says he, he dwelt there as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles. Tabernacles is, is just like a tent. You know, instead of a house, he lived in a tent because he didn't plan to be there for long. When you are in a tent, you, you long to go home and be in a more comfortable place. 
And he says, he dwelt, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. And he spent his life living as a stranger in that land because this was not the place that he was looking for. He was looking for heaven. But when he forsakes his right in order to follow the Lord, that's what it is, the, la the life of faith. You know, when we are saved, we're going to live a different life. Because now that we are saved from our sins, we want to live for the Lord. We want to live a life that's going to glorify the Lord. We want to live a life that's going to count for something in eternity. It's going to bring glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul would say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jews first, and also to the Gentiles, us, those who are not Jewish. But when we are saved, the Lord does a work in us. And when we have come to know him as our Savior, you know, there's a devotion that comes to us. You know, we, we want to be thankful for that wonderful salvation. We want to live our life for him. And that, that, that happens at the moment of salvation. You know, we're so thankful for that wonderful salvation. It's not that we can't pay for it. We, we could never do enough to pay for the salvation. We have been bought at a great price, and that price is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know, I, I just want to be thankful. I just want to appreciate what he has done for me, and that's the way it is when we get saved. But this is to become a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's a, it's a wonderful privilege to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Think of those men, you know, fishermen, tax collectors, and the Lord would call them to be with him, and he would save them from their sins, and, and then they, they left everything to follow him. This is, it must have been something else, wasn't it? To leave everything to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean that today you're going to leave your job, but it means that in my life now, there's a different master. It's not me anymore or any, anything else or anybody else. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I, you know, I, I remember when I first got saved, there were things that I wanted, the things, and all of a sudden, I realized there were things different that he wanted in my life. And there were better things than what I desired. And I, I left it to him. I said, Lord, you, you take it on. It's your life. You saved it. It's, and it's your life. So this is what it is to become a disciple, to live by faith. So we're saved by faith and we live by faith. So he accepts Abraham in that land. He left the country. He left family. He left possession. And now he's going into a land that the Lord has promised to him. And he's content to live there as a stranger. He doesn't claim any rights. You know, we, we, we live in a day and age where we like to claim our rights. Well, that's one thing in the Lord. We, we don't claim rights anymore. It's his right on my life. And that's what Abraham is doing here. He accepts. He's satisfied to be a stranger in that land and a pilgrim. But this is to deny self. You know, it is to die to self. And self will always be a hindrance. That's me. You know, I, I'm my own worst enemy. Because in the in the life of a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, me will always come in the way. You know, like we remember, we read in the Bible, there's somebody who says, Lord, uh, let me first bury my uh, father before I can follow you. There's something else. And it, what was it? Well, really, it was me. 
let me first. Lord, let me first. That doesn't go together. If the Lord is the Lord of my life, then me will not be. And uh, it's to die to self because me will always be in a hindrance in the life of faith. And we see that, you know, uh, those who leave the race, those who leave the life of a disciple, why is it? It's always because of me. Uh, me has been mistreated or something has happened to me. But when we die to self, then it doesn't matter anymore, does it? And we think of Abraham. Abraham was in the land, and in the land he had his nephew with him, Lot. And they became very rich, both of them were very rich. And uh, with all these riches came a problem that they, it became hard for them to live together. And the herdsmen of Lot had a, qu a quarrel with the strife with the herdsmen of Abraham. And uh, this, it says at the very time there were strangers in the land. There were other people that could see what was going on. And Abraham, as a disciple, he of God, like he said to uh, Lot, Lot he, he inquired of him and he spoke to him and he said, Lot, he said, we are brethren, we are brothers. And we are in the land and we cannot have strife together. He's talking about the testimony. We profess to know God and we live in a land where people don't know God. And we're going to have strives together? No, we can't have that. But how can you fix the problem? You know, they, 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 they had great processions and, and the herdsmen were quarreling together. And he says to Lot, there's one way to fix a problem. He says, you take whatever you want. Whatever you want it's, is yours. And, and you go your way, take everything. And Abraham claims nothing. And he leaves it with, he forsakes all to God. And so that there will be no strife between them. Because he's more worried about the testimony for God than his own possessions, than himself. And you know what? It's amazing. He takes the initiative in the conflict to fix it. And is he going to be losing? Not at all. We don't lose with God, you know. That's, that's one thing we don't lose. We're not losers. We, we gain everything by living by faith and denying self to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. What happens? Lot, he looks and he sees towards the east. You know, it's, like, it's almost like Egypt. <laughs> the plain, and, and he goes that way. He chooses that. And Abraham says, fine, you take whatever you want. But uh, we, we see that in the end, Lot, end up losing everything. <laughs> he went for the world, and you know the world will always make us losers. And there was kings that came against the cities where he was dwelling, and they beat the cities and took all the goods of those cities, including Lot, with all that he owned. And uh, this is sad, isn't it? But Abraham, we see that God said to him after these things, God said to Abraham, he said, look to the east. Well, no, Lot took that. No, the Lord says, look to the east, to the west, to the north, to the south. And he says, everything you see is yours. I'm giving it to you. And that's the way it is. When we deny self, when we die to self, when we forsake all to God, we don't go wanting. Because he took, you know, the Lord will provide, he will give us, he becomes our all. And he will give us what we need. When we think about that, you know, we, uh, if we give what we have and what we are to God, we're not going to be losers. 
think of the little boy, you know, with his lunch. There's 5,000 people and the Lord needed to feed them and this little boy had his lunch. He could have said, well, <laughs> too bad for you guys. You forgot to bring a lunch. I did. I'm going to enjoy my lunch. He gave it to the Lord. He gave his little lunch. He had fishes and loaves. He gives it to the Lord. And the Lord takes that and he feeds the multitude and the little boy. Did the little boy go hungry? So he was filled because there was baskets full of the remnants, more than there was at the beginning. So whenever we give to God, we, we don't lose. The Lord can use that and, and we don't lose anything. You know, it's, it's amazing how that we can leave it in the, uh, in the, in the hands of the Lord. And Abraham is willing to do that. And there's one thing that happens. You know, Lot loses everything because those kings come and battle and they take the possessions. And uh, Abraham could have said, when he hears about that, and he hears that his brother, Lot, has been taken, he harms his servants born in his uh, household, and he goes to battle to rescue his brother. He could have said, well, you know, he, that's what he chose. That's what he got. So he made his bed, let, let him lay in it. Now Abraham has a heart for his brother. And even though Lot may not have been a spiritual one, one that forsook all to God, he goes and he fights and he brings him back with his possession. It's amazing, isn't it, that, uh, that Abraham is able to do, to do that. But this brings him to the next stage. You know, the life of faith is, is uh, very exciting <laughs> because we go from faith to faith and we learn. First of all, we get the salvation of our souls and then we learn to forsake ourselves, to forsake all to God. Whatever we have, we forsake it into the hands of God and he does whatever he pleases with it. But there's one thing, the next thing we find, and that's what Abraham finds, he finds his all in God. And that's verse 10 and 12. Look for, he looked for a city. He was a stranger in that land, but he looked for a city who, which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And it says, Therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. So here, like he forsake, he finds his all in God. And that's what happens when we forsake our life in the hands of the Lord. He's going to do wonders, and he becomes to us more than anything else this world could offer. And that's what Abraham finds, you know. This is included in faith. This is the life of faith. And we find everything in him. It says uh, in Matthew 6.33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. We don't have to be worried about, you know, what we eat and what we drink and what we put on for garments. The Lord, look after that. And, but we can be occupied with him. And he's much greater than all that, isn't it? So wonderful, you know. Those who have the Lord's interest at stake, it's more important to them, the Lord's interest, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, they don't lack anything. But those who look for their own interest first, that's all they get, if they get it, because we don't always get it. But those who look after their own interest, that's all they'll be getting. But those who look for the interest of God in his righteousness, all these things will be added unto them. They, 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 
they still eat. I remember my brother when I preached the gospel to him, and he said, "Gerald, I don't have time to for that. Like you know, I have to work. I have to feed my family." I said, "That's fine." I said, first of all, get saved, then you'll work and feed your family. Uh, and we don't go lacking by stopping in our life and getting saved and then forsaking all to God. This is included in faith. So Abraham, that's what he refused when, you know, when he rescued all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and the king wanted to give him the goods. He said, no, I don't want it. I lift up my, my hand to the Most High God. And he had found much better than whatever the king of Sodom wanted to offer him. He said, you, you keep that. that. That's fine with me. I don't need that. I am blessed by the Most High God. And the king of Sodom couldn't bless him. You know, to a Christian who enjoys the Lord Jesus Christ, he could offer the world, and he despises it. The Lord Jesus Christ is so much better than what uh, we have, you know. But having done that, having taken the interest of the Lord first and taking the interest of his brother, uh, Abraham found that uh, the Lord has blessed him. And uh, we see that also in, in Job. You know, Job, it says that his friends were not very nice to him. They came and they sort of told him that he, was, he had hidden sin in his life and he must confess and, and all that, and he, they, they aggravated him. <laughs> but when the Lord spoke in the end, the Lord uh, said, he rebuked them, but then he asked uh, Job to pray for them. And it says that when Job prayed for his friend, Job was uh, restored, the, the riches that he had. You know, we, we talk about Job as a poor man. Well, he was only poor for a little while. He was rich, he became poor, and then he became rich again. <laughs> But he, uh, when he prayed for his friends who had done wrong to him, the Lord delivered Job and gave him twice as much as what he had before. So, but when we think of Abraham, you know, what did Abraham get? Abraham, you know, the Lord says in Galatians 3.16, says, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promise made. And he saith not to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed which is Christ. So when Abraham forsook all to God and when he finds his all in God, God promised to Abraham a seed. And this was posterity, like children. And these children, you know, in fact, it was the Lord Jesus Christ himself, the seed of Abraham that Paul says to the Galatians. That's amazing, isn't it? That's what he's getting. He's getting the seed of Abraham is the Lord Jesus Christ, the God's son coming into this world who becomes the seed of Abraham. And what? Well, Galatians goes on to say, and if ye be Christ, or if you belong to Christ, or if you have trusted Christ as your Savior, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You know, with the promise that God made to Abraham, the inheritance that the Lord became to Abraham, you know what it is? It's you and I who have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. And not only here in this generation, but in all of time. And really, the blessing that Abraham found, and this is a man just like you and I, and the blessing that Abraham has found in God is the population of heaven, is those that will be in heaven forever, with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's amazing, isn't it? 
So Abraham has been given this portion. When he forsook all for God, forsook all to God, and then he finds his all in God. <laughs> Can you grasp the, the measure of that reward? It's amazing. And he says to Abraham, look up into heaven, count the stars if you can. And this is your seed. And we see it today. You know, all those who believe, like Abraham believed, are the saved ones, the ones who have their sins forgiven. And they're the ones that are, even before Abraham, you know, they become the seed of Abraham because they are in Christ. They belong to Christ. And this is the promise that was made to him. But uh, this is amazing. It's just like beyond our imagination. But you know, faith doesn't stop there. Just faith, you know, it, it's just so exciting. You go from one step to the next. Now we've seen three steps in the life of Abraham, and there's one more coming. What is it? Well, he yields all to the will of God. And that's what we find in verse 17 to 19. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Accounting, you know, and now he's, he's stronger in faith. Accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. You know, sometimes we don't always understand God's plan. But his ways are way beyond our ways. And uh, now he's going to put Abraham to the test. Well, like he's learned to live by faith. He's learned to trust in God for his salvation, for his life, and his reward. And now he, he's put to the test. Well, that son, you know, it's one thing to uh, think of a son, but he had one son, Isaac. And God had made wonderful promises to Abraham through that son who was his seed. And... Uh, Born miraculously, because Abraham was not in age of having children, and his wife was not either, but God gave him a son. And all of a sudden, God asked him to offer up his son on Mount Moriah as a sacrifice. God, what's going on? You know, like, this is my promise. This is my seed, and now you want me to offer up? Well, Abraham at that point, you know, was strengthened in faith, and he knew that I don't understand but he knows what he's doing. And, you know, it's like after, after having walked on the water, you don't need the boat anymore. And that's what it is for Abraham. Like he can now trust God. We remember when he had promised a seed to him, he and his wife thought, well, we need to help God in this situation because, you know, like, so she says, go to the servant and have a son, and he did. But this time he knows he doesn't need to do that. If he has to offer up his son, he knew that God had made a promise through that son. And if God had made a promise to that son, I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to be, it's going to happen. And uh, he was accounting that God was able to raise him from the dead. If he wants me to offer him, he made promises and his word, I can trust his word, I can trust him, I've learned to trust him. And uh, I'll offer, I don't know, but I'll, I'll obey you know, that's the obedience that goes beyond everything. The faith in God. He was tried. And he that had received the promise went to offer up his son. 
knowing that God was able to raise him from the dead. Well, he knows what he's doing. And he was yielding all to the will of God. All that he had, that he had received by faith, he leaves it in the hands of God. And you know, what did, what did that do? Well, it says in Genesis 22, And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, ready to offer up his son, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. You now we think like the, the Jewish people was the chosen people of God, and they are. But he had in view in the blessing of the seed of Abraham, he had in view all the nations of the earth. And that's you and I. I was not born in the family, the, the physical family of Abraham, but I'm a child of Abraham by faith. Having trusted the same God that Abraham is, and here is the blessing, you know, when we come to the rapture of the church, when the Lord Jesus Christ at this call will gather up his children, will be the children of Abraham because we, all those that will be gathered will be the ones who have the faith of Abraham. They believe God and it was accounted unto them for righteousness. But you know what this do? Well, now we are able to see Abraham's faith. And that's one thing, you know, we are saved by faith and we live by faith and we find all in God, but how do we show it? It's when we're able to walk by faith like Abraham did. And we are able now to see his faith. James tells us that uh, Abraham was justified by works. He was justified in our sight. You know, show me your faith without works and I will show you my faith by my works. That's what James says. And what he's saying here, he says, we know now that Abraham has faith. God knew it at first when he forsook all for God. But we are able to see it now. And this, he's justified by works now, way after he was justified by faith in the sight of God. And, but for us now, we, we can see his faith. You know, he had faith. He was able to offer up his son and God save him. But, you know, that's amazing. We, we think of all these steps of faith and I, we can compare that to ourselves. Where are we in our life of faith? At what stage are we? It's an exciting life. It's wonderful. Maybe some of you, you may say, well, I've never been saved. Well, this is the first step. You can be saved. You can forsake everything for the salvation of God. You know, there's no cost. It's free. But we have to leave to receive. And that's what we do. We, by faith, we leave what we are in Adam, lost in our sins, darkness, and we receive by faith at the price of the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, we receive righteousness, salvation. And then, you know, we, we forsake all that we have to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. We forsake what we have to God. And then when we do that, we find our all in God. 
And then we are able to walk by faith, leaving everything about us in the will of God. So it's, it's an amazing life. You know, and, and well, we've only been on this life for a little while, but what will it be in eternity? If you're not saved this morning, we pray that you would be. There's no better life than the life of faith. And if we are saved, well, let's find our all in God and yield ourselves completely into his hands. It's so wonderful. May the Lord encourage us this morning. And it's been so nice to be with you and, and to enjoy this fellowship together. And, and, and I thank you for the privilege. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the greatest of all missionaries, who left heaven's glory to come down to this poor world of sin and darkness for sinners such as we. And Father, he came in love for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Father, we thank thee for this wonderful salvation that has been provided for us. And if there was one here this morning that do not yet know this salvation and the assurance, we pray, Father, that they would be saved this morning. And for those of us who are saved, Father, may we know this wonderful life of fellowship and faith with thee, that we may grow from faith to faith until we faith will give place to sight as we see our blessed Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and forever. Father, we pray your blessing upon us this morning. In his precious name, the Lord Jesus. Amen.